Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Unite podcast. This is our special Winter Olympic preview show. I know it feels like just a few months ago we talked about the Summer Olympics. Funny thing about seasons, they change pretty quickly. But unlike normal uh, times, uh, we have Olympics back to back for the first time since 1992. Joining us this episode, uh, back again, we have Cole. So you're not last this time. Thanks so much for having me. And we have Kenzie. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me again, Justin. Um, yeah, so no matter. Uh, I feel like you can get uh, Olympic out after an intensive two weeks of just constant sports, especially if you try and consume as much as possible. Now, Besides the fact that the uh, Olympics, the Summer Olympics were a mere five months, six months ago-ish, uh, do you feel any Olympic fatigue at all? Or are you all ready to go for this uh, winter set program? Oh, not at all. I feel already ready to go. I mean, the Summer Olympics happened and then you kind of had like a little bit of a lull phase. And now it's like, oh, Winter Olympic time, let's go. I got a little break and now I'm already in my Olympic spirit. Yeah, no fatigue here either. Um, it was a good little break from the Olympics. Usually we have a year or two, but we didn't in this pandemic crazy world. Um, yeah, ready to go. Let's go, bring it on. Now, uh, many people in North America love when it's uh, not that far of a distance uh for travel when wanting to go visit uh, and see the olympics or if you're staying at home watching it so you don't have to uh stay up or um lack of sleep problems happening uh you know a lot of the times people just have it on at work totally still working uh but in this case along with the last olympics a lot of the stuff will happen throughout the evening overnight and early in the morning. Uh, so are you guys well prepared and ready to have a lot of late nights and early mornings for uh, those important events? Absolutely. I feel like having the Summer Olympics only, like you said, five or six months ago, my body's still in that phase where I'm like, okay, I can do it. I don't have to completely ruin my sleep schedule. Just a little bit, but totally worth it. Um, yeah, I think Cole covered it. <laughs> now, uh, this year and for the first time, uh, a city has hosted now, well, I guess, I mean, unofficially they have started, but officially as of the fourth, they will start, uh, first time that a city has hosted the summer and winter editions of the Olympics. Now, I know Beijing is not a typical uh, winter destination, uh, if you will. Um, and, you know, you don't think of China as a uh, winter uh, sport dominance, although they do have uh, some sports that they are very, very dominant at. Um, do you think this edition of the Olympics will go off without a hitch? They have uh, COVID protocols. China has a no COVID stance. Uh, many athletes have begun to enter into the, 
not a bubble. They're not calling it a bubble, but a, a circle is what they're calling it. Um, so do we think things will go off without a hitch? I know a few athletes have tested positive, uh, but they're still confident that they can get to China before their event, but not a lot of leeway. Uh, so do we think uh, that things will go off without a hitch? We'll have two weeks of great competition, uh, or do we see troubles ahead with the way that China and the Beijing Olympics is using uh, going ahead with uh, these types of this type of event compared to Tokyo? Um, I don't think we'll see too many issues. Um, the athletes have been quarantined and have to test negative multiple times and are held to the same strict standard as the Chinese citizens would be. Um, that being said, you could always get a case that pops up and could affect things. Hopefully not. Um, yeah, just for the sake of the games, hopefully no COVID. I'd say Tokyo did a pretty good job with kind of managing the whole COVID thing with the athletes and not really having spectators, but some like coaches allowed. Uh, but like Kenzie said, like testing multiple times a day. And a lot of athletes and countries have a few alternates um, allowed this year at the Olympics, uh, just in case there may be a positive case that may pop up. Um, so there's good there's a backup plan just in case, but I expect all the athletes are going to be smart about it. They want to compete for their country and hopefully win a medal. Do we, I, I don't, I have a, a, for some reason, this is a pet peeve of mine on February 2nd events started because it's such a jam packed schedule that uh, you have to get some events like the mixed curling uh, hockey starts today. Or I guess it's tomorrow in China. Um, uh, but officially, the games don't start till the 4th. Is this a pet peeve for you guys? Or am I just kind of crazy when I think of this stuff? That you have events starting before the official Olympics start to get it all in. So why don't you just start the Olympics, have the opening ceremonies, and then the next day you start the competition? Uh, it's and then that way all athletes can attend because there are events going on right up until the start of the opening ceremonies and then it's late at night and then athletes who have uh, early next morning events or training they skip out or they don't even go at all um, what are your thoughts am I crazy <laughs> I never got the point of that like you want people to you want everybody to basically attend the opening ceremony and celebrate like it's a huge moment to start a country off by self, by opening up their Olympics games, whether it be summer or winter. And like you said, like some athletes may not even go if they have to compete the next day. It just makes more sense to do it way before any events actually start. I always thought that was kind of weird that there were always a few events that started before. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, definitely uh, also a pet peeve of mine. I've coached at a Canada Games level, and they always make sure all the athletes are able to attend. No matter what sport, they'll cease competition so that athletes can attend. Um, never understood why the Olympics doesn't do the same. It's the top, top competition for all athletes. 
It's where athletes aspire to be, unless your sport is not in the Olympics. Um, and if you don't aspire to be an Olympic athlete, then what's the point of even being in sport? Um, the opening and closing ceremonies, I feel, are, are a big celebration of multi-sport. And having athletes not able to participate is kind of a, kind of a joke, in my opinion. I'm glad I'm not crazy. That's good. <laughs> um, now, what do we expect for these opening ceremonies? Uh, I don't know if you remember um, the Beijing 08 opening ceremonies, uh, but I know it gets highlighted a lot in recent times for really good opening ceremonies, uh, the performances. Uh, this is going to be Essentially, just like Tokyo, it's going to be designed for the people at home and the athletes uh, with minimal people in attendance. They are allowing minimal people for some things, uh, unlike Tokyo. Um, so what do you do you think they're scaling back? What do you expect um, for the very early uh, morning uh, opening ceremonies for uh, us here in Canada on Friday? I'm going to say, like, in Beijing, they definitely didn't hold back in the 08 Olympics, uh, even though there aren't going to be as many spectators in person. I don't expect them to spare any expense. A lot of fireworks, I'm sure. Um, as for the athletes, I feel like they may do, like, what they did with Tokyo and only have a few from each country come, like, not every single athlete get to attend. But I, I'm excited to see what they do because I obviously have to try and top what they did in 08. Um, I think from these opening ceremonies, we're going to see a lot of, hopefully, kind of keeping my fingers crossed, a lot of um, kind of those made-for-TV effects where they can kind of make things fun, exciting, lit up to... Uh, maybe make the lack of people that'll be there. Um, I know there are some programming weekly programs on TV that do utilize that when they haven't had fans, not so much anymore. Um, but yeah, maybe they can make use of some CGI and some graphics to make it entertaining for us all at home. Um, I do expect them to do a good job. The Olympics usually does a good job with opening and closing ceremonies. So no issues there. Will we have the Fox NFL robot making <laughs> everyone's favorite CGI <laughs> robot? Everyone. So um, what events, I, I know everyone, at least here in Canada, always interested in the hockey, both uh, women's and men's, but besides hockey, what sports do you get most excited to watch or understand more? Uh, essentially those, those at once every four year, you pay attention sports, um, that are uh, a lot more famous in Canada because we're more of a winter sport country. So a lot more people are interested in skiing and speed skating compared to, uh, track and fields and field hockey and, uh, those not niche sports, but, uh, sports that don't get highlighted as much in Canada. Personally, I'm looking forward to some of the snowboarding, um, the half pipe, the snowboard cross, 
same same with the skiing the ski cross the skiing half pipe kind of all the uh the x game related snow sports those are always fun um the reason i'm looking forward to that is because in the half pipe um there was a substitution on the canadian team Derek livingston got injured and in his place um canada selected liam gill he's actually a member of the lidley quay first station in the northwest territories here so territorial kid at the olympics go nwt that's awesome for me i'm really excited as well i love snowboarding i snowboard leisurely <laughs> uh it's always a fun sport like the snow snow cross and everything i really like to watch ski jumping myself i can't imagine how it feel just flying through the air like that and how they stick the land in perfectly i'm really excited to that see that as well as bobsleigh and skeleton like oh my goodness some of those things you don't always see because they only have specific seasons on when they get to actually compete so i'm excited to see that i love the ski and snow cross it's so tight it's it's exhilarating it happens so fast unfortunately for the athletes that participate if you have a bad run or crash uh, one race determines if you move on or if your olympics games is done which is heartbreaking uh but that kind of and at the olympics too it just adds that heighten and when those medals and you can get unexpected medalists same thing with short track speed skating uh same kind of deal except on ice it's chaotic things happen so fast now sometimes when there are reviews or red cards it can slow it down obviously but you want to make sure that you get it fair um and uh, I think a sport that everyone falls in love with uh, every four years is lawn track speed skating. And I think that encourages people to join lawn track speed skating, which is why new generations keep popping up and new names keep popping up. You're like, oh, who's that? Like, we've had countless medalists, at least from Canada, United States, Netherlands is a huge country for lawn track speed skating as well, where they're just constantly getting new younger athletes to pop up and be very successful uh, at the world cup stage and the Olympics. So uh, I like those. Now what sports obviously that we didn't talk about, are we talking about? Uh, There are main events. There are no more uh, uh, demonstration sports really at the Olympics. Uh, No more ski ballet uh, that happened at the Calgary 88 Olympics. If you YouTube ski ballet, it's essentially like you're watching a uh, single person synchronized swimming, but on skis uh, set to music. Um, it was deemed at the time as the up and coming sport. And that fizzled out pretty fast and replaced by things like snowboarding and sports that look a lot more fun to do. Um, so uh, officially at these 26 or 24th winter olympiad we have alpine skiing biathlon bobsled cross-country skiing curling figure skating freestyle skiing hockey luge nordic combined short track speed skating long track speed skating skeleton ski jumping snowboarding uh and yeah within those we have different disciplines events uh such as bobsled you have monobob you have two and four person bobsled 
uh, the different alpine uh, races, the different lengths in cross-country skiing, uh, the different snowboarding and ski events that were mentioned before. And uh, each one comes with its own storylines, uh, backstories, the emotional stories that you'd love to hear, the people, the excitement that come out of nowhere. They're like, wow, I just won an Olympic medal and everyone's going to know my name now. I was bagging groceries five weeks ago. So that is what is so exciting uh, about these Olympics. Uh, now, before we uh, talk about which ones were, uh, we think each country is going to do well, what are some of these stories going into these Olympics that you guys are looking at? Uh, like I said, you know, there's the, the athlete that came out of nowhere, the, the small country that's not in a win winter Olympic country qualified for an event. Uh, what are some of your uh, stories that you're looking forward to seeing how they play out uh, as these Olympic games get started? I mean, the one you might, can't be talking about is Jamaica qualifying in bobsleigh. Woohoo! Do I hear Cool Runnings? I think everyone just watched Cool Runnings again when they heard that. I definitely did. Uh, yeah. We all did. <laughs> I think it was a requirement to be on this podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a big story for me as well, the Jamaican bobsled team. Hopefully they uh, do well this year. Good luck to them. There are some athletes I'm personally kind of excited to watch. Uh, maybe not like big storylines like Jamaica coming it back to bobsled. Uh, but personally for me, a couple of them are Mark McMorris coming back from an injury, uh, making his debut back in snowboarding. Uh, I feel like he does get injured quite a bit, but I mean, that is the sport. He's one of the best and he puts his body to the limits. So I can't wait to see how he does coming back to Beijing. Uh, I'm definitely going to butcher this. Uh, I'm excited to see Mikhail Kingsbury and the Dufour Lapointe sisters uh, come back and defend their gold and silver medals. And heck, maybe all three sisters might even uh, win gold, silver, and bronze. You never know. And I'm also excited. Uh, a friend from high school, her boyfriend, uh, Mike Evernley, has qualified in the men's uh, four bobsleigh. So I'm excited to see him compete. Um, for me, I'd previously mentioned him, Liam Gill, for the snowboard. Uh, he is a northerner, so kid kind of close to my heart, not close to my home necessarily. He's from Fort Simpson, which is in the southern part of the territory. Um, the Yukon also has a cross-country skier, I believe, that was named as an alternate. And so she's over in China as well. So the northern athletes for me are kind of a, a big focus, um, as well as the Olympic men's hockey team. Um, some interesting names on there. It'll be interesting to see if any of those guys are able to get NHL contracts out of this. Yeah, it's uh, the the men's. Of course, we we in Canada, a lot of us care about the the men's and women's uh, program as well because it's uh, one of those gold or bust events uh, for a lot of the public here. Uh, and again, another uh, non-NHL Olympics uh, this time because of the pandemic. 
So a lot of people playing over in Europe, uh, recently retired, uh, or a few world junior kids that uh, are just looking for more experience. The next future, the ones that can carry that Olympic experience into uh, 2026 in Italy. Um, one, uh, I guess this is more a Canada centric, uh, event, but, uh, my wife is very big into figure skating and, uh, the world of figure skating was kind of rocked. Uh, the selection process for Canada is it's not how you finish at nationals. It's how you've done kind of in the season and they, uh, rank you and may select someone who they think will have a better shot at meddling. This happened in the pairs. First place, uh, Kristen Moore Towers and Michael Mariano, uh, they qualified. But second place of Evelyn Walsh and Trent Mashad did not get selected. They were passed over for Vanessa James and Eric Radford. Now, if you know those names, uh, Eric Radford, uh, old uh, partner, uh, Megan, uh, is no longer competing. And Vanessa used to compete for France. Uh, but she is a dual citizen. And this season, they came out of retirement, both of them, uh, for a shot at these Olympics. And uh, they were chosen, even though they pulled out after the short program, uh, because they did contract COVID a few weeks before nationals, and they didn't just have enough time to uh, train and get everything worked out. And Skate Canada uh, still chose them. Now, what angered people is they're just non-explanation or kind of confusion this has always been the way it's not something new so no no rules were bent or anything like that but there's just kind of no transparency they didn't come out and say this is why we chose them uh there was no explanation they just went quiet and a lot of fans were just kind of baffled and not understanding so they're going to be watched very very closely to see how well they do. Eric does have a few Olympic medals. Uh, they just, no one knows how they're going to do. The pairs uh, competition this year is pretty uh, tight uh, up uh, for the top six to eight. So it's going to be very competitive. Uh, so you're going to have to have two perfect skates to even be considered to reach the podium, let alone what color that is. That's up to everything else. So, uh, in Canada, anyways, that's going to be a big story uh, that uh, skate fans are going to watch. And as well, on top of the cool runnings, the uh, four-man team actually trained by pushing a Mini Cooper in the summer months uh, this past uh, summer in England uh, so that they could stay in shape for the season and qualify, and it seemed to have paid off. So they took a I think uh, an omen from the, the movie where you see them pushing the old Volkswagen Beetle uh, training in Jamaica. Just update the car and uh, you're good to go. Now, these Olympic events, seven events were added to the program from 2018. There's now a men's and women's big air freestyle, which uh, I know many fans are very, very excited. Very popular event at the X Games. Uh, Sean White, Mark McMorris, looking to tear it up there. Uh, Women's Monobob makes its debut. I just like saying Monobob. That's how <laughs> you'd say a singular bobsleigh. You got to say Monobob. 
Uh, a bunch of mixed team competitions uh, in freestyle skiing aerials, ski jumping, short track, speed skating, and snowboard cross. Do you guys like the uh, new mixed uh, events uh, being added? Do you like that uh, to see? Ev- it's not just everyone's included. It's kind of a new dynamic to many events uh, that you have to be really, you know, train even more uh, because it's you and a teammate or a few of you. So do you, uh, do you both like these mixed team competitions? I personally really like them. It kind of gives a new aspect to the sport. And for some of them, uh, you really have to kind of balance out uh, your team as you saw some of that in the Tokyo Olympics for some of the new mixed uh, sports because you have the men's and the women's coming together. But I really like it. It's a new dynamic to the game. It's fun. It keeps it interesting and you, you see new skills come out and it's great to see the competition between the two. Yeah, uh, I'm a fan of them too. Um, we talk about in society about gender equality and things of that nature. I won't go down the political political rabbit hole in a sports podcast, but we do talk about equality and seeing these mixed games between men and women um, is just one step closer to achieving that in the world. Um, it also is, like Cole said, it's a nice little wrinkle that's added to the sports balances things out um yeah it's just i i find it just kind of fun overall it adds more um uh, when i say events it adds more uh, it adds more sport uh to the program without adding a whole new event now that being said there uh these little additions uh haven't really been like a new sport added to uh the olympics it's been a little bit since an entire sport uh has been added i believe uh, well snowboarding as a whole was added at 98 um i'm just looking i don't know of a of a sport being added after snowboarding other than was also 98 other than like you're saying justin just like the variations of this sport i can't think of anything either yeah like i i love knowing little tidbits but same idea yeah same yeah snowboard cross yeah Yeah. i guess that's a major event in the program but it's not a new sport no now Summer Olympics have been, they added five new sports for 2020 and even more are being added to 2024 in Paris, um, break dancing, see how that goes. Um, now (laughs) if you guys had to add a new sport to the Olympic program, uh, which one or ones would you, uh, add in regardless of how many events or, you know, men's women mix, whatever, just what sports would you like to see added to uh, the program, if any? Not sure where you'd put this, whether you'd put it in winter or summer, because you could do it for both, but um, archery for me. Um, 
there is quite a, a big movement towards archery, especially in the NWT here, which means it must be getting popular across Canada. If not, I'll shut up about that. Um, but it is a it is a pretty cool sport. Um, archery is in the Summer Olympics. Is it? Okay. It is. Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, wow, ice archery. That sounds pretty fun. Like yeah. a flame and then you... Something, something like that. Got to hit some ice sculptures. <laughs> yeah. Destructive <laughs> archery. Winter. <laughs> For me, I think I'd love to see, I don't know, maybe ice cross downhill, which for people who don't know is what uh, the Red Bull crash to ice skating is. Yeah, I think be. that could be a cool competition to add. I don't really know many things you could add to the Winter Olympics versus how they kind of diversified the Summer Olympics being added in sports. Let me tell you, having been to a Red Bull crashed ice event, it is thrilling. It is fast. It's exciting. If you like ski cross or snow cross, this is that on ice on skates. Uh, I mean, like, I guess it might fall into... And not really a, I think it'd be its own thing because it's not a figure skate and it's not a speed skate. Well, I guess you might classify it as a sort of speed skate, even though it's not going around in a circle. But essentially, take a ski cross or snow cross um, course, put ice on it, get yourself geared up in ice uh, in hockey gear, and go down at speeds of. 50 to 60 kilometers an hour very very fast and uh try not to die so look it up on youtube uh it's thrilling event that was one of my suggestions was i think that's a no-brainer to me it's whatever the olympics call a a hip youth event to get the youths (laughs) interested in the olympics those are their words now the other sport now, this would be classified under a figure skate, so it's a, a program, but it's a fast-growing sport in its own, uh, and uh, synchronized skating. Uh, they've been pushing to try and get that added to the program. Uh, I think it might have a shot for 2026. Um, the World Championships keeps getting bigger with diff- more countries added, and it's not just uh, happening in Europe or Canada. Um, of course, a lot of people say if you want a, a sport to be popular or a sport to be added to the Olympics, get the U.S. involved. <laughs> um, and there's a big market in the U.S. for uh, synchronized skating. Uh, one of our early, early episodes of the podcast, we uh, talked with uh, two documentary filmmakers who made a documentary about uh, synchronized skating and uh, kind of them talking about the rise of it, uh, the athletes, uh, what the athletes go through, because a lot of people thought it was just uh, a niche sport, uh, but they're very, very intensive. They do the same training as figure skaters we see in the Olympics and at trials and four continents. Uh, but you're, you know, 16 to 20 people all doing a f- uh, different formations and patterns. Uh, styles, spins, crosses, there's collisions. So it gets very exciting. Uh, and uh, I think that's 
a probable i think that will get added a little bit sooner than crashed ice i think people still see crashed ice as a, a niche sport even though it's very very exciting uh but again crashed ice is very big in uh the scandinavian countries russia um some like uh, traditional hockey countries like switzerland latvia czech republic obviously canada u.s uh, those are the countries that you see at those events so i think it's only a matter of time um all good selections now events have already started day negative two if you will uh if you were awake uh, early, early this morning, uh, probably like 7 a.m. Eastern time. It was five o'clock mountain time. Uh, mixed curling got started and it resumes today with Canada uh, facing Great Britain in their first uh, mixed doubles event. Uh, now we are the defending champion. That was our only curling medal last Olympics. Um, do you think... Uh, this team now Morris was uh, his old partner, uh, Caitlin Laws. Uh, she's on the uh, women's program and team and uh, curling Canada does not let you split. So he had to find a new partner. Uh, now Rachel Holman does have Olympic experience, um, not at the mix, but in the uh, women's program. Uh, how do you think they are going to fare this time around? Um, for curling, I think the mixed team has a really good shot. John Morris won the gold four years ago. Um, Rachel Holman is not a bad curler in her own right. So I think they have a good shot at repeating, um, the women's team, Jennifer Jones, strong team always. Uh, I think they have a real good shot to medal. They're very experienced. Jennifer Jones also being the skip of that team. She's an X factor in her own right. You hear the um, name Jennifer Jones and curling. You, you know, if you're facing them, you know, you're in for a tough battle. If I had to face that team, I, I, I went, I would say good day and walk out. I wouldn't win. I wouldn't even yeah. get a point. I know that. Yeah. As soon as I can shake hands, I'm shaking hands. And let's yeah. Get yeah. Um, men's team as well. Brad Gushu always, always hanging around these big tournaments. So Do you think I think it's a redemption for Brad Gushu this time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, the, the two curling, the three curling teams, pardon me, will do quite well. I expect a medal from all of them. What color remains to be seen? It's the like second cousin to the hockey. Uh, after hockey, we expect a medal in curling as well. So even high stakes. Yep. And there are, there are good teams that have qualified for this year's Olympics from all the countries. So it will be interesting, but I do expect medal from all of Canada's teams just with their experience and their ability to kind of adjust on the fly. So uh, day negative one, I guess, would be uh, this evening into tomorrow, which is the uh, same thing happened with the Summer Olympics. Trying to figure out what day is what gets a little, little hectic if you don't have a spreadsheet. Um, so again, on day negative one, uh, which is technically today and tomorrow, uh, Team uh, Team Canada women's gets started against uh, the Swiss. 
we also have freestyle skiing, um, downhill training, luge, and uh, ski jumping as events all taking place on day negative one. Um, again, is it, do we expect Canada U.S. gold medal final for uh, women's ice hockey or do we have an upset potentially? Maybe those uh, goalie pads from uh, the Chinese goalkeeper. I mean, red, lucky color in Chinese culture, dragon. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing maybe a little bit of help with, uh, with that. You can see a lot of players getting phased by those goalie pads. You know, lost in the dragon's eyes while they're skating up to the goalie. For me, I can definitely assume Canada, U.S., women's hockey, gold medal. I mean, you never know, though. It's the Olympics. There could always be an upset, but there are two powerhouses. They have been for many years now and only getting stronger with the new and up-and-coming players being added to the teams. And not to mention being able to actually play against each other several times through little competitions. So they kind of get a, get to taste of their competition and how good they need to be to make it to the game where they actually play each other. Yeah. You can always see an, you can always see an upset. That's why they, they play the tournaments and not just award them on paper. Well, if you're interested in checking out uh, team China and their hockey programs, uh, the women get started on uh, day zero, which is uh, the fourth. I'll just use the date instead of what day of the week they are, because depending on where you are, that could be multiple days. Uh, so uh, not too late. Uh, well, late for depending on where you are. So around 11 o'clock uh, p.m., 9 o'clock uh, Mountain Time, uh, Team China plays Team Denmark. So if you're interested to see those two nations uh, in the in the uh, ice hockey women's program that's your chance to do it you have uh, the team event for figure skating starting on uh, the fourth as well uh, which canada is the defending champions uh, so see if they are able to get a medal mixed curling continues at the national aquatics center forgot to mention this uh, that they chain that they turn the uh, aquatic center where the diving and swimming happen for the Beijing Olympics, the the water cube if you remember with the LED lights on the outside, uh, they turn that into uh, a curling rink for these Olympics, uh, and there's a a great article that came out today about uh, you know Canadians are very good at making ice, so uh, a Canadian helped uh, turn that into a curling rink. It's very, very fascinating, uh, interesting. Uh, and uh, I don't, I imagine they'll bring it back to a, an aquatic center after these Olympics, unless curling really picks up in uh, China, you never know. On day uh, one, two, I don't know the numbering, I guess day one on our standards. The fifth, we get our first medal events. We have the biathlon of the mixed relay. And we also have the women's 7.5 uh, plus 7.5 skiathon. That sounds like a far distance, way too far for me. <laughs> Curling continues. <laughs> Freestyle. We have the men's mogul final happening 
on on the fifth, which is early morning uh, for us, uh, and that's going to be our first chance to see uh, King of the Hill, King Mikhail, see if he can repeat and uh, bring a medal to Canada uh, on the first opportunity. The women play Team Finland, which will be a tough match in their uh, division. And Luge gets underway with their uh, single runs. And we have short track speed skating relay, the mixed relay. Uh, Canada could be very, very strong. Again, a lot, lots, uh, lots has to happen for uh, in the short track speed skating. If we remember uh, 2002, uh, Australia's first gold medal in the Winter Olympics happened because the three other uh, athletes fell down. And he was the one that stayed on his skates and just kind of skated by and went, what? Oh, I won. Oh, look at that. <laughs> and for those of you thrill junkies who like ski jumping, now, both of you, would you try ski jumping given the opportunity and kind of a, an assurance that you probably won't break your legs? I don't know. Like, I'd love to do it. I'm just not great on skis to begin with, but like snowboarder, I just don't know the landing. I feel like my legs would just collapse. Given the opportunity, I would pick uh, bobsled or ski jumping to try. I think yeah, those, definitely those bobsled. Cool. I think trying a sport bobsled for me or the luge um couldn't do skeleton going face first into anything is kind of not my thing you don't want to go face you don't want to see where you're going to impact the wall (laughs) no no not really even diving into a pool i'm not great at that i don't like going head first into things so (laughs) i I think i'd sit out the skeleton (laughs) i would try the bobsled i would try the luge well, uh, I do know um, they do give opportunities to ride in uh, bobsleds uh, in Calgary. I, I don't know. It's, I think it gets pretty pricey. But uh, if you got the money, uh, I know that's one place in Canada where they uh, will definitely take your money and throw you down a, a giant slide with a giant toboggan that uh, you can drive. <laughs> Uh, speed skating has its first medal event, the women's 3000 meters, uh, and the, uh, ski jumping, the women's normal hill final round happens, uh, from this day on, it gets pretty hectic, uh, for the daily Olympic schedule, uh, won't go, uh, looking at it now, it's a little intimidating and be very, very boring because people can just look up there. <laughs> Uh, daily schedule to see where people you know want to watch uh, so we're going to go to the overall schedule hockey finals uh, the women's uh, event is on the 17th the men's gold medal game is on the 20th with the bronze happening the day before for each of those events um, curling the mixed final happens on the 8th and then uh, we have the gold medal or the medal events for the men's and women's tournaments on the 18th, 19th, and 20th, respectively. Bobsled, 
women's monobob if you're interested to see how the jamaican bobsled team goes not just the four man but the monobob and the, they do also have a two person bobsled uh women's monobob happens the medal event happens on the 14th so valentine's day perfect perfect valentine's uh date go hey significant other i want to watch bobsled it's so romantic you're all huddled together in a sled and then we also have uh the two-man uh medal event on the 15th the two women on the 19th and the four man on uh, happening on the 20th various days for short track speed skating and long track speed skating uh snowboarding same thing they're essentially from the sixth to the 12th there's some form of metal event happening in snowboarding uh for all of you uh for those uh, who love skeleton going face first down a uh, slide uh men's event is on the 11th and 12th for the women's for the medals and uh figure skating team events uh the medals happen on monday then you have the men's uh medal event or they're finishing on the 10th you have the ice dance on the 14th there i'd say that's a little more romantic than bobsled the women's single skates uh on the 17th and the pairs finishing on the 19th everything else you can find of course the opening ceremonies happen very very early so 6 uh 6 a.m eastern time in north america uh, on the 4th so that is friday morning 6 a.m eastern time 4 a.m mountain 3 pacific uh even though it's very close to close to the china the earlier it gets for those and um uh, that would make it 5 a.m for central time and uh, eight o'clock for atlantic 8 30 for newfoundland so um yeah that's our, our Olympic uh, overview. Now, kind of how well do we think Canada will do? Do we have a medal number in mind? They've thought about it. Will Canada finish in the top five uh, for the medal count? What do we think is going to happen when all the dust settles? I mean, in the last Winter Olympics, 2018, Canada set the record for winning 29 medals, uh, nine gold, 10 silver, and 10 bronze, and finishing third overall with the most medals. Um, I don't see why not why Canada can't get anywhere close to that. Again, I can easily see them. I'm going to go 27. That's my vote. We have a lot of great competitors going this year. And I mean, and the year before 28 or the Olympics before the 2018 one, we finished with 27 medals. So they're getting even stronger and better. And here's hopeful we can get some more. I'm going to estimate around 29 a game, um, maybe even 30. I think some of our athletes and some of our programs have gotten stronger over the years. 
Um, I know Own the Podium is still a thing in Canada, and they pumped 80% of their funding into the Winter Olympics, as we are a winter sport nation. So I do expect to see a little bit more medal growth in the Winter Olympics. So I'll say 29.30. Let's set the record again. Why not? (laughs) Why not indeed? And that leads us to our next giveaway. Can't see it, um, but uh, there is a plethora of Olympic merchandise out there from the official outfitters Lululemon uh, to Under Armour having their own uh, Canada to, uh, well, Hudson Bay doesn't didn't get the contract, but uh, I think you can still find Team Canada stuff there. We'll be giving away a shirt um, of uh, the winner's choosing. Uh, of course, uh, it all depends. Uh, shipping expensive here in Canada uh, but on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook you will find a poster that will uh, say giveaway and it will just ask a simple question how many medals does Canada end up with write your selection down below on that post and uh, we'll see if anyone gets it right on the nose if not we'll have to take closest uh, guess Uh, But I'm guessing a lot of people will guess the same number. So it'll be a draw after that. But you could win Olympic merchandise from the Sports Tonight podcast. So uh, find us on social media. Let us know. Enjoy watching the games. Uh, Just sleep during the day. You don't need to go to work. Just tell them I said it's okay. Uh, We will see you at the end of this. uh, Still deciding whether we will do a, a daily update uh gets a little hectic every each and every day might be a little bit more doable for the winter olympics less events uh so if that's the case we will see you on the fourth uh giving you an update of what happened and uh cole mckenzie thank you so much for uh coming on always a pleasure and enjoy these winter olympic games stay safe and sport on